Welcome to the good life. Oh. Welcome to the good life. The wait is over. Welcome to the good life. And after all the talk, all I gotta say is... Welcome to the good life. You're welcome. Hello and welcome to the PodPod. I'm your host, Matt Ricks, coach of the Terrace Crew. We've made it back for a second episode with improved sound and hopefully some improved chat. The NRL is getting towards the pointy end of preseason with a full round of trials just completed. We'll be dissecting a little bit of the trials, plus going on part one of a deep dive on the most owned players in each position, trying to find a few holes in their prospects and offering a few pod alternatives. Tonight, we'll be going through hooker, front row forward and second row forward. Once again, we welcome a couple of pod guns to the panel. Fresh off cursing Hayes Dunster's ACL, MCL and PCL by declaring him a must-have cheapy mid-range option to start the season. Welcome back to Coach of the Castle Bonitas, Danny Boy Ricks. How you going, Danny? Yeah, thanks, Matty. Going well. Yeah, poor Hazy, Hazy boys. Uh, yeah, gone to the dumpster, unfortunately. Uh, again, you know, I think what the what the trials and the also games have thrown up, fair few injuries, uh, and then all the chat about the other injuries going on at the moment as well. Again, I said it last time. I like the uh, I like the variety in teams. So you know, just another excuse to do a bit more uh, do a bit more research preseason. But uh, yeah, looking forward to today. Yeah, it's, uh, it was a shame for Hayes. He's, he's, it's actually his brother-in-law, Tyrell, <laughs> give him the hip drop, hip drop and uh, oh. basically blew his leg off. So, yeah, I mean, you, you look, Tyrell's got a little bit of form in in taking players out. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he gets at the judiciary, um, but you'd have to be thinking he'd be missing a few games to start the season. Yeah, it'll be interesting no injury. for those young boys at Para as well who, uh, who takes his place. Um, didn't get much of the trials, but we'll see. No injury curses for our second panelist, thankfully, but he has been left slightly reeling after a few mixed reviews of his preseason pods from episode one. Coach of Tubes' Raptors, Tubes, welcome back. Yeah, thanks, Matt. I'm pumped to be to be fair. Like plenty of plenty of chat, plenty of reviews, a uh, bit of feedback from from episode one and. Look, if, if if everyone's agreeing with you, you're not doing things right on the Pod Pod episode. So, I'm I'm willing to take the feedback on board, and I, and I, and I'm ready to go for episode two. Good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, the um the the Moses and By feedback was particularly scathing. Um, I'm glad we actually got to name the episode our first ever episode of Moses after Moses and By. Yeah, I I. I didn't watch the uh, Eels Dragons uh, trial game, but I did watch the you know the the twenty minute KO mini last night, and um, uh, Mozambique did not feature in that uh, highlights <laughs> reel. So I'm not sure if that's a if that's a good or a bad thing heading into the season. No, no. So on the trials, guys, there's obviously just a few little talking points. We mentioned Hayes Dunster with his knee. That opens up Parramatta's left wing spot. Um, so I think that's going to be highly relevant. We've got Sean Russell kind of waiting in the wings. A couple other sneaky options. Uh, Broncos, Titans, 26 all. Real thriller. Broncos came from behind. Uh, Tommy Flegel was pretty impressive there, Dan. What did you think of him? Yeah, he looks an absolute gun. He's, he's a big boy, uh, big jaw, big offload. So I'm uh, I'm 
I'm really looking forward to seeing what he pulls this year. As I said last time, Brian James potentially gets that front row forward spot, but on the, on seeing Flegler, it's put me in two minds on that. He comes back round four, I believe. Uh, I think that he'll slot straight into that front row forward position and uh, and and maintain that starting spot along with Payne Haas. Yeah, Flegler's, you know, he's he's going to be 23 this year. You'd have to think he's sort of coming into a bit more of his peak. Um, he's had a horror run with injuries, so if he can kind of maintain some time on the park, he could actually be quite a nice little option if he's getting getting the minutes there in the, in the middle for the Bronx. Katoni uh, Staggs is probably the other player worth mentioning there, 41 in 40 minutes with a try, looked pretty sharp. I saw that he had five runs for no no passes so that's a good sign for all his <laughs> prospective coaches leading into uh leading to the new season uh and the last one worth mentioning i thought was probably Shaq Mitchell from the the Rabbitohs, he he played in the All-Stars game last week, obviously Latrell's brother. He scored 36 points, um, which he's obviously never played NRL, so he's bargain basement price. If he can potentially sneak a middle, from all reports, he's doing quite well. I don't know if he will or not, but he's probably just one to keep on the on the cheapy radar heading towards round one. All right, so moving along now to our – uh, core part of this episode. Uh, so we're going to go for a bit of a deep dive into the top five most popular players in each position. Uh, we're going to we're going to take a bit of a an alternate view. We're going to try and pick a few holes in them and potentially offer you know offer up some some other guys who you know if you're looking for a bit of uh, a bit of point of difference in these positions, uh, who are the guys you could be looking at um, who could offer you some some alternate value. So hooker, the top five, uh, the top five most owned players in order: Chris Randall from the Knights, Cam McInnes from the Sharks, Damian Cook from the Rabbitohs, Harry Grant from the Melbourne Storm, and Ruben Cotter from the North Queensland Cowboys. Dan, we'll kick off with you. Uh, who are you looking at um, and potentially starting in that group, um, and who are um, and why do you not like um, any of them? Yeah, I think, you know, the teams that have been playing around with just trying to get the other guns in, a lot of uh, the teams I've made up have included Randall and Cotter just for the bottom price. I'm really interested in Cookie. He, uh, new coach this year, might have a bit more free reign. Reynolds gone as well. Might open it up for him a little bit. Uh, we know he's got that attacking ability, um, the beach printer that he is, just get out of dummy half really quick. And if he gets a bit more free reign to uh, have a few more runs, uh, I think he could potentially get back to his super coach best. I guess the one thing against him is that he's getting on a little bit. He's not the biggest guy. Uh, you know, if, if you're looking to prolong your NRL career uh, as much as you can, maybe just maybe that, you know, takes it a bit more easy uh, and that, that would lead to his base stats going down a little bit. So, but you know, really interested to see how he goes for the for the start of the season. He averaged sixty six points last year, so not not a poor year by any means, but down a little bit on his on his standards. He he did finish the year with a five round average of seventy two, so he was picking it up towards the end. Although we do know it was quite open towards the end of last year with very very high scores. I would be I would be pretty concerned about. Um, the the managing him through the season again, like you said, thirty one years old. Bennett was doing a 
you know, pretty impressive job of restraining him last year. It was much more of a case of get the ball to Cody and let Cody, you know, be the ball runner or the one creating the plays. Um, with Reynolds gone, yeah, they're going to have Ilias most likely um, to start and then and then either Ilias or Taff after that. It could go either way. Um, it's probably not not one I'm ready for a pun on just yet. I know you're pretty Tubes. keen on Harry Grant, aren't you, Matty? So I am, yeah. To, I am, yeah. I, I've currently got Cotter in there in that number one hooking spot with Randall. But that's purely because I've um, just having a look at my team with Nathan Cleary in and finding it pretty tricky to get Grant in in that scenario. Yeah, I, I mean, I it seems little doubt that Harry will end up the top hooker by the end of the season from an average point of view. Um, I don't think there's – I mean, I think Bellamy will be wanting to play him more. Um, and I think, yeah, the, he won't be as impacted by the cheese as he will last year. Tubes. What are your thoughts at Hooker? Yeah, I um <clears throat> I've currently got Cotter and Randall as well there. I I like the flexibility of Cotter potentially being able to put him into the back row if you are looking to bring in someone like Harry Grant after the after the first week. I think one thing we know from previous Supercoach seasons, those first couple of rounds, there's there's usually going to be some type of injury of, of whether it's of a gun or or someone that you're that, that could be leaking some cash early on that you might be getting rid of. So I like the thought of starting with him, giving a look how he goes, and uh, you can always then potentially move on a, a different player and bring in someone of Harry Grant's calibre. The other one I'm interested in, but a little bit hesitant of because of the week one is is the cheese. Watched the trial on the weekend and he just looked unbelievable. Real cheese fashion. Can't wait to see him at um, <clears throat> lock this year. I know he scored 11 tries in 2021, uh, but he, he could be sneaky in for 15 to 20 this year, the, the way he hits, he hits it up at the line. So, yeah, I'll, he'll be another one I'll be watching and, and seeing what's happening with the Storm. Uh, for round two, round three onwards. Yeah, if they look, if they run him into the ground this year, knowing he's leaving, you know, he's onwards next year, and they just they just get as much cheese as, as possible. Uh, I I'd love to see him in my team. I hope they do that. That would be so good. He just Bellamy just running cheese into the crowd <laughs> till he till he can't run anymore. <laughs> get that get that image of him with the with the eyes rolling back in his head. <laughs> he can't get up. Yeah. He wouldn't be able to stop. Like, like if they let him keep going, he'll just keep going. So it, it could definitely happen. I don't know. I've seen him getting around the field with hands on hips a fair bit. I, I think he can yeah, stop. there was plenty of that last year. There's rumours that he was a bit sick, but, you know, early on in the season. But I think he's just, just a bit gas. Where else are you looking in terms of alternates at hooker, Dan? Uh, yeah, I think there's a couple, couple you could look at. I think... Uh, the the other guy, the Cowboys, who I definitely rate him as a player. He, I don't think he really got eighty minute opportunities last year, um, and there's a bit of bit of doubt around that. Obviously, Cotter can take over in eighty minutes. Uh, Granville's hanging around on the bench. I I would like to probably see him drop off the out of the seventeen altogether this year. But Reese Robson is priced probably. You know, if he, if he's a if he's an eighty minute guy, he's definitely undervalued. I like watching him play. Uh, he can definitely find the line. 
it depends on the on the cows forwards and how they're going forward. But he's he's definitely one of interest and someone someone you could look at as a pod. Yeah, I'm I'm um I think I think Robson would have to be a wait and see for me, um, just given the uncertainty around uh, minutes and Granville and and Cotter's role. Um, but I yeah I'm, I'm I agree with you. I really like him as a player. Um, whether he's got the engine for eighty as well is probably probably questionable. Um, the one I don't mind. Um, sorry, not that I don't mind, but that's come into calculation in the last sort of in the last day or so is is Billy Walters. Now it's been reported that he is getting the starting spot um, at five eight for the Bronx. He's available at both five eight and hooker. Um, I'm surprised. Kevy's gone this quick. Like I was, I was always expecting this with Kevy that he, he'd give Billy a good crack. But we're still three weeks from round one, and he's he's been locked in already. So he's a family fair man. Play. Family man. It, it worked for Chris Anderson at the Storm, so he's, yeah. he's probably just following that in. I mean, there's no way you can start with Billy Walters. Uh, like <laughs> I've I've watched him play. He's he doesn't pass the eye test. Um, whether he's playing hooker or 5'8", um, rule whatever number 50 of super coach, they've got to, they've got to be able to play football as well as put up stats. And I just – I don't think he's he's going to be up to it and I'd be surprised if he was still the starting 5'8", as we get into the, you know, middle middle part of the season. I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting given that, given that they chopped and changed so much last year in the halves. I think Kevy will be looking for a level of stability. If they start okay, I think they'd have to. I think that Walters would have to be pretty bad to get dropped in the first five rounds. Two ninety six k, dual position, like he's going to be on a lot of people's radar. He'll be in the top few owned at hooker. I would have thought if he is starting. Pretty hard to drop your um, son. So, but still, you know, he's not. He's not basement price. And if he's terrible, if he's flat out terrible as a half, you know that they can score, you know, 20s, 30s consistently, particularly if Broncos aren't going any good. Um, I, don't, I don't know why Broncos are so relevant in Supercoach this year. There's, there's so many sort of, so many people that you're picking from them. Uh, Kobe Hetherington obviously looks like a good player as well. Uh, could early on with a few, few uh, injuries and suspensions could jag that uh, that thirteen spot, uh, but do you sure, see him consistently sure. getting getting minutes? Surely he'll start at thirteen. I mean, I know they got Carrigan there as well, but if I think that they might start Carrigan through the middle, like Hetherington just gives them that extra ball playing option. He's tough. He looked good on the weekend from the from what I saw. You'd rather have someone like Kobe Hetherington team than Billy Walters. You know, similar prices and just just you know on the eye test, uh, they're the guys you want to watch play and, and go well. Yeah, I, I, I can't really. I, I mean, I think that Kobe's a really, really good player, but I, I couldn't possibly have him in my super coach team to start. Just given the way he played last year, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. I think I'd rather, I think I'd rather Billy. Um, but I, I mean, I mean, he obviously could improve. The yeah, less Broncos, um, the better. Yeah, true. The other one I just wanted to mention as a quick alternate who could become relevant is Kane Lawton from Manly. He's available at hooker and second row. He's about 350K. Lachlan Croker's the incumbent hooker there. They are a little bit short at back row, so it'll be interesting to see. He might even jag that 
that spot that's been left vacant by Josh Schuster, but I think that he's I think that he's a sniff to actually overtake Croker for the starting position. And if that's the case and he's getting kind of 50, 55 minutes at hooker and can play back row, cover injury as well. Uh, I really like him. He did really well last year. I think a few people did quite well getting on him early and and getting a few big price rises. So he's probably one that's that's also on the radar if he gets if he can jag that spot. Yeah, I think he got a bit lucky with his minutes last year with some injuries there. If he gets the minutes, he's he's proven that he can he can get some points, sneak a few tries. I I just have no idea what Des is going to do with that hooker spot. Uh, I'd say he'll start with Locker and Crocker, and yeah, um, he he could get in there, but there's there's just too much unknown around that option. Literally, no idea what he'll do, and but should get a bit more idea in the next couple of weeks. And I agree with you, Matt. If if he's starting or looking like playing big minutes, um, he'll be a serious consideration. I do one. have to just I do have to just correct myself. I call him Kane Lawton. That's obviously the retired ex Titans and Warriors. Carl uh, Lawton. This crazy is Carl. this is Carl Carl Lawton. He does look a bit crazy. He's got the <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. He he had some he had some nice some nice scores last year in the uh, few seventies a few eighties, um, and ran at a PPM of point nine. So you would you would. Uh, yeah, he's a he's an option. I'm not. Was I'm he not available sure, at yeah. Hooker last year? Uh, at Hooker last year, let me have a quick look. He was second round Hooker as well. Mm. How good they're brothers, Kane and Carl Lawton, six years apart, like the Undertaker and Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Carl could be the Undertaker. Much better career. Isn't yeah. Carly? Isn't the Undertaker the older one? Yeah, but more uh, more established champion. <laughs> Kane had Kane had a lot of injuries. I think. I think he was actually quite an okay player. NRL was. Anyway, we divert. Uh, let's push on to front row forward now. So, top five front rowers by ownership: Payne Haas from the Bronx, Tepai Moiroa at the Melbourne Storm, come back from Rugby Union midway through last year. Tavita Pangai Jr. transferred from. The Broncos via the Panthers, big, big marquee signing for those guys. Ethan Bullimore, manly new signing from the Bronx. And Stefano Utokakamanu, West Tigers prop, cheapy from last year, proving very, very popular to start in 2022. Dan, we uh, last week we touched on Payne Haas. You said you were going to antipod him to start the year. Are you still on the Haas antipod train? Oh, it's very it's a very big call to go against him. I'm still looking at teams without him. In terms of actual NRL, I love him as as a as a front row forward. I mean he's he's probably the best in the game, no doubt. Again, as Dom said, so much, you know, the less Broncos in your team the better. I, I still don't rate them as a as a top side. But you know, I think Payne Haas in, in no matter how the team's going, he's going to score those big base points as well. Uh, so you know, it's it's still fifty fifty whether he makes my side or not. It's an interesting one. Like it's like you say, it's hard to pick holes. He he's coming off a lowish season. 
Kevy still might. I mean, he's you know they've they've shown they've signed him up to a, a good deal. They show they've shown they want to make sure he's okay. But for Kevy, this is a this is the year that the Broncos have to make good, and it's all on the line. So you wouldn't think he'd be holding pain back. Um, pretty pretty hard to pick holes in. Yeah, if he gets those minutes, it's and he should get those minutes. Um, you know, he's just he's just unstoppable sometimes. Particularly the base, the base work and the base output. And if I was if I was coaching, like just that little short ball to to Haas a few times near the lines, got to, he's got to be able to storm over. I just think you'd have to be you'd have to put a, a case forward of what you're going to do with that extra hundred or hundred and fifty k by not picking him because he's cheap, he's under 600000 Some of the others that we might talk about on the list like Jai Arrow or um, Tarpany or or others, I just think won't go anywhere near to uh, averaging as much as Haas will throughout the season. So I can see the only reason or argument against going with him is if you're just looking at saving a little bit of cash to be spending in the halves or outside back. Um, but I, I'm looking at starting the season with him and probably Pangai Jr. and sort of just locking in my front row to start the season. Yeah, and I think most people will, will lock that straight in, those two, and just forget about it for a while. I it, It's really just for free up cash for somewhere else. I think freeing up cash for the second row forwards, getting getting someone at a, at a, a gun at a good price who's maybe not highly owned. Uh, and you know, it's it's kind of for me if I'm going sort of a cheap, cheaper second option to start in that front row forward, Ryan James, Bullymore, someone like that. Then it's a head to head versus Haas and Pangai, uh, and I'd like to see that that attacking flair that Pangai's got. So, look, I, I, unlikely that I'll do it, but uh, yeah, I could be could be dropping Haas and uh, and sticking with Pangai. Speaking of Pangai, there seems like there's a bit of a wave of momentum in Supercoach land now that, yeah, okay, we want Pangai in our team. I think everyone kind of saw what he did at the Bronx last year. He was quite a popular pick. He, he didn't quite deliver on what everyone was hoping, I don't think. And then obviously his relevance diminished at the Panthers. He was on getting far less minutes. I think if you you had to be picky, I think the big thing, which obviously which always gets mentioned with Pangai, is his record at the judiciary. Does that worry YouTube's if you're going to pick up Pangai? I think it's something to to consider. But for the start of the season, uh, new look in the dogs. Um, do they still have who's that front rower that used to get suspended all the time at the dogs? Um, Jackie Hetherington. Boy Hetherington. Jackie Boy Hetherington. Is he still there? Yeah. yeah. Apparently he's going to the he's going to the edge as well. Yeah. So he he takes a bit of he he's he's the enforcer of the team. That means Pangai can you know just sit out there and play his role and be a bit more of a ball playing bullocking runner. Doesn't need to be the enforcer. So they might be they might be planning to alternate them so that when one is suspended, the other one just takes that edge spot and they yeah. can just they can just run as if they were a single player. Look, I think you've got to consider it, but um, similar to Haas, if he's um, playing 80 minutes on an edge or big minutes on an edge, uh, he he has huge upside and, and I think he'll be as cheap as he'll, he'll be for the year. So um, locking him in and, and potentially finding a cheapie on the bench, which I'm sure they'll be, that you can potentially rotate in if he if he does get suspended, 
that 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 I think that's a pretty strong play. I like a bit of flair in front row forward too. So you know that's why I don't really understand the popularity of people like Big Stefano. <laughs> He's already priced at uh, four fifty or you know four mid four hundreds. And what are you really looking for? He he scored an exceptional amount of tries for a, for a debut season for a front row forward last year bumping up his average. So, yeah, I know he's going to sort of lock in. Looks like he's looking in that front row forward spot 50 minutes at the Tigers. And he, he looks like a very good player. But if you're just buying him to to lock in and get those 50, 55 points, he's not really going to generate much cash for you. And then you can't really bump him up to the to the Haas or the guy. So I'd rather take a punt on one of the lower price guys. Hopefully they can generate 200, 200 plus thousand uh to then bump up to one of the other big guys i'd I'd probably challenge the try scoring like he does look like a guy who is a go-to man near the line like i think he will get tries he scored one from 60 out something like that last year so (laughs) don't think he's going to get more of them this year he scored he scored six tries Last year, pretty good. I, I, yeah, I think I think he'd be with with minutes again. I think that he's in for that. I think I think people like in terms of his ownership currently. I think people are very. It's very front of mind the end of the year that he had while he was starting. He had uh, three scores above eighty uh, every time he did that. He scored a try. I think he's priced his absolute max to start. He may go high during the year, but. Yeah, I agree. I would I would be I would be looking around him. I think there's some other good options at front row to start the year away from him that are that are in a similar price range as well. He's not in your end team, right? So at that price, if you think he's he's you know if you think he's yeah, that exactly. good, yeah, get him in your team if you've if you've got but you know, I don't think I can't see him in my end team as that starting front row forward. So I'd rather take a punt on someone else. A couple other options looking for pods in the front row forward. Uh I know there's a bit of chat about Jaira getting that second row spot at South. Yeah. I think that that's I think that, that will happen. You and I were looking at Jai a bit the other day, Dan. I I remember a couple of years ago he was like one of the f- first picked in a lot of teams, but there was actually not that much substance to to his numbers. Um, no, he had a bit of a run there for a little while, but yeah, I, I mean, last year I think there was a bit of bit of uh, speculation he was going to go really well at, at Rabbitohs, and obviously Wayne threw the through the minutes around a little bit, but still nothing to really entice me to say he's an absolute gun. And if he gets those eighty minutes, you've got to get him in your side. So yeah, still not sure. I, I don't think. I don't think he has. I don't think he'll have the base, um, base plus power um, at second row. Even if he plays eighty, uh, he's not an attacking player. So like, he may get a few extra attacking stats on the edge, but he's not that guy to be you know running hard lines near the line, um, busting over for tries. Like he's not gonna. He's not gonna be a ten try season player. You look at his look at his past as well. He's never been an eighty minute guy. So. Whether that's just the coaches that have played him, or he just he's just he just can't do it, you know. I don't think he'll. I, yeah. I can't see him being that regular eighty-minute lock-in like an Angus Crichton through the year all year. Tepoi Moiroa tubes for me. Uh, I've never ever liked him as a player. He obviously comes back from rugby two hundred five k. When he left the Eels last time, he was desperately poor, and I mean desperate. 
seems like he's going to get an edge. Uh, sorry, a bench spot for the Storm to start the year. Two hundred five k is obviously almost close to to basement price. What's your kind of tepi read? I just think um, people will chuck him in if he gets a bench spot. You sort of you're looking to fill uh, your your squad out with with a fair few cheapies. So um, for me, I, I think it comes down to how many minutes he's playing. I've currently got a a non playing reserve. I think for for thirty k less. Um, at 175k so comes down to whether or not you value to to save that extra 30k if you think he's going to be going up that much he'll he'll definitely be a very very slow burn would be my thoughts um but i am interested to see what his minutes look like because one of the other front rows i'm a little bit interested in is is probably christian welsh um from the from the storm so he Averaged fifty nine point two last year, and averaged fifty two minutes per game, and um, that was that was an increase from the year before in his minutes, and 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 being a, a big base player up when his um, points per game. I, I'm just interested to see how many minutes he might get this year, and what their rotation's going to look like. Obviously, losing a few forwards, and whether. Nelson Asafa Solomon is back, and and how that yeah, all he's, works he's out. Back. He, he's back, I think. Yeah, I haven't, I I've, I haven't looked at it Welsh this year, but I, you know, thinking about it now, they've lost for uh He's he's kind of uh, becoming one of the top dogs in that pack, and I, you know, I like that he's come back from an ACL and the points. I think early on, people. People were picking him early on last year and wasn't quite doing it, but then he sort of came out into his own a bit later on. So I think uh, another another preseason, you know, a good a good solid knee going. I think he'll uh, he, he's yeah he's, he's he's definitely got the potential to have a really good year. And you know, lack of lack of that flair in that front row forwards spot, he's he's definitely a, a good option. Yeah, and to, like bit of a pot at the moment, two percent ownership for five twenty k. Potential minutes upside. I'm yeah. a little bit interested in it. Like those storm storm front row forwards have always been notoriously terrible for super coach as well. So as you said, Dom, you're never really going to play Moa Roa. Uh, why not just get a non-playing reserve for 30k less and spend it elsewhere? I think probably Moa Roa's just got that jewel. He's got the front row forward, second row forward, so you can switch, say, the likes of Pangai around if if a second row forward goes down. That's probably his only his only plus side. I own Welsh um, for a long time last season from the start, and he started really well, 52, 66, 43, 71, 167 in the first six rounds. So I was really quite happy. He made about 100K over the first seven or eight rounds. The key with Welsh is the offload. There were games last year where he just would get it out. He, he I think he had you know five or six offloads in a few games. When he tucks that away, it really caps him a bit. So he'll get you those 50 or 60 points, but um, you want to see it a bit more. I'm, I'd be a bit wary on the minutes as well. Like 
he's he like you, you referenced he's like one of the leaders in their pack now. He is he is the leader in that pack now. I know Bromwich is there and the captain, but Welsh is the guy that they all want to follow. And I think that I think that Bellamy knows that. And I don't I, I can't see him running him into the ground. We got cheese to run in the ground, remember? So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. I think that Bellamy will be a bit kinder to Welsh because he's got to he's got to get him through. You know, Welsh is, you know, he's had a great year last year and I think and the year before too. Um so, you know, he's he's does have a long history of injuries though. So, they're not going to they're not going to they're not going to they're not going to run him into the ground. So, I yeah, at 520k, he's priced at his price, I think there, and he he is going to give you that consistent 50 or 60 if that's what you're looking for. Uh, probably someone like if you're comparing him to someone like Atoka Kamanu, uh, probably less upside but more stability would probably be my gut feel there. Sorry, any other props, Dan, that we want to chat about there? Um, not really. I think I said touched on it last week. I'm, I'm very interested and I, I really like the sort of middle guys that the Raiders, uh, Horsburgh, Tappany, Sutton, um, I think Tappanese, I, I had him in my side and I, I really like him as a player. But there's a bit of an attitude thing going on there, a bit of an anti-vax thing at the moment. I, I saw something he might not even be able to get into some states at the moment. Uh, I think Supercoach-wise, I did have a general rule. You've got to have a decent attitude. He doesn't seem like a team player very much. So I'm happy to leave him out for now. The other two got good uh, points per minute. Uh, but... You don't know with the rotation, and and Ricky's just gone and bought Adam Elliott as well for another middle. Um, so yeah, it's just just I think you'll do well to stay clear of those guys to start with, even if they're yeah, going to, well early. Just, like they might that might change really quick as well. Yeah, well that we saw that exact thing last year. Horsburgh is the one that interests me there. Um, if he can get some consistency in the first few rounds, but it's just a log jam. There's so many good good middles there. That can yeah, also got, play on the edge. They got Emray as well. He's Emre Gula. He's, he looks uh, he looks like a really good young player. Again, probably not super coach relevant, but you know, there's there's so many middles and you can just do so many combinations with them. I just just won't touch he, him. He was he was the trap. He was their trap last year. He had those two big scores and everyone kind of saw him as a cash grab. And I think he made you know a few you know maybe fifty k or something, but then just drop drop straight back down. So yeah, yeah, it was, like you're playing you're playing with fire. Yeah, it's like Ryan James was the big trap last year. I think after two rounds, he was unstoppable. Really, basement price, 60, 60 plus average. And then goes and gets injured. Yeah, he burnt me too. Mm. Shocker. Um, Ethan Bullymore is the other high ownership guy there. I'm. I was kind of keen on him um, a week or so ago. He went quite well in the trial. I think he got thirty odd points in forty minutes. Which is obviously really strong. Manly have got a big log jam at the moment. They've got that edge spot free we touched on before with Lawton. Um, after Schuster's going to miss the first six weeks or so, It'll be interesting to see if Desi sees him as an edge player. That will obviously be really good for his stocks um, at at front row forward. I'd be just a bit careful if he's not gets that edge spot because. That, those minutes will be in high doubt. They've got Tapao, Paseca, Sipley, Kepi, Gerbo. A lot of minutes there in the middle to be taken up. And if Bullymore's kind of 287,000 getting 25 to 30 minutes, then that could be big problems if he's playing in the middle. 
uh, I think a very much underrated forward pack at Manly as well. That that the, the guys you just mentioned, uh, I think there's a few future guns in there as well. So he he'll do really well to sort of keep and maintain a spot, uh, and he could be a bit of a stopgap for Schuster. So 280k, it's a bit awkwardly priced, but if say he gets six rounds on the on the edge, makes 150k or something like that. That's that's probably what you're looking for. So if he's named at edge, I don't think he's a bad option for that second front row forward spot, just to take a bit of a punt on. I haven't seen a lot of him either, but from what I saw last year at Brisbane and from listening to people who support Brisbane, they they really liked him and were sad to see him leave. So there is a chance that he turns into a bit of a gun. Like I'm not sorry, not a super coach gun immediately, but a bit of a gun footy player and who becomes pretty relevant super coach wise. There probably is an alternate there. There's a guy at the Warriors, Aaron Penne, who's gone from the storm. He's similarly priced. Storm have paid. Uh, sorry, the Warriors have paid pretty decent money to bring him across. Uh, they've got a few. You know, they got a pretty stacked middle as well. But similar price, I think he will get more consistent minutes. He might be a little bit slower burn, but he's someone who you could look at to take on Bully Moore. I think um, even off the bench. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll probably have to wait for TLT for Bully Moore. Uh, sorry for Penne. Righto, second row forwards, top five. Isaac Targo, Penrith Panthers, had a big game on the weekend against the Sharkies, looked red hot, expected to win the starting centre spot at Penrith. Ben Travojevic, Burbo, basement price again, unlikely to play. David Fafida, injured slightly in the All-Stars game, bit of a rib cartilage issue hanging over his head. Jack Howarth, Melbourne Storm. 175k signed for five seasons from Rockhampton looks a very very promising prospect. Storm don't sign guys for five years who are not. And finally, Ewan Aitken, who's also available at centre. Uh, he had to finish the year in the second row for the Warriors. Tubes, we'll start with you. How do you want to kick us off in second row forward? Yeah, I watched um, a good chunk of that. Sharks Panthers um, trial on the weekend, and I think Targo sort of is starting off where he left off last year. So I think he'll be in basically everyone's side. the the other The other one I I wanted to slightly talk about is he's very popular. Not sure if he's going to play. Was Ben Travojevic, but I saw on the weekend that he's that he started in the centers in the for the trial. So um, I'm not sure how their backline's going to line up this year, Manly. But I, I know they've lost. Is it Moses Sully went to the Dragons? Their 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 backline depth may have um, taken a little bit of a hit. So there could be potential. Um, for him to to get in there, I'm I don't have an opinion yet on him as a player, other than his last name's Travojevic, and um and they're usually pretty good, so I I think he could be a high percentage ownership, uh but uh it'll be interesting again to 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 see how that plays out for Manly Manly starting backline. I enjoyed his cameo last year when he came on. <laughs> Uh, I think it was against the Dogs, and uh, and Turbo was going over for his 16th try of the game or something, and he decided to pass it to Burbo for a little sneaky play, like it's uh, under 12s. So that was nice, but yeah, it's um, I you're right, like their centre depth 
is going to be tested. So he could end up there. Brad Parker and Morgan Harper are the likely starting pair there um, unless something Brad, – Brad Parker is probably a bit tentative. There might be someone else there I've completely forgotten. But, yeah, I Bobo, Bobo will be a bit of a trap. He's obviously a big name, and I think if his name was Ben Smith – he probably wouldn't be in the top five down centre wings to start the year. Yeah, trap. So enough that's said. It. Easy enough one. Enough said. Enough said. I, I, I don't know. And you walked away just then while I made my argument, and you've come back and said trap. Like, <laughs> like to be fair, I, I I I I thought the same last week. Liked what I saw from him over the weekend. Uh, so I've, I've, I'm starting to to come around a little bit. I heard there was some chat. He was pretty average. I think he, he let a, let someone run around him and didn't quite show the acceleration of his brother Tommy. So uh, I only watched the KO minis again. So um, yeah. didn't didn't get the whole get, get, get the get the whole trial. Episode. Isn't there another? Isn't there another one? Another another turbo. I think there's four, but I don't know the the. The other one. I think ones, the, I think the, the youngest Rick, one. The other one's the Matt Ricks of the of the of the Travoyevich family. <laughs> that, and I, I've heard the I've heard the youngest one is a Jet. Oh, okay, well there you go. Well, you Definitely were the quick, you were the Ricks, you were the quickest then, were you? I certainly was quickest Ricks. Well done. Uh, we've got you and Aiken down here to talk about. I think for me, Ewan has the most relevance um, in Supercoach at centre wing. I quite like Tago, even though he's got the jewel. I like him as a cheap option up in second row rather than center, just given the the amount of centers, mid-price guys at center that we can pick. Could you start David with Tago? Could you start with Tago and that those oh, same, two from other, I, two other guns in that second row? Put him as your as your third one. You think you're pretty pretty safe to do so? Oh, no, no doubt for me. Like he, uh, sorry. Well, it just that depends. I think if you're running, if you've if you've invested that third sort of second row cash elsewhere, like to upgrade, like to Harry Grant at hooker, or uh, maybe even t- uh, for Pangai as your second prop. I think so. Like uh, I think it's more likely than not that Tago is a bit of a jet at center for Penrith. From what I saw last year, he was sensational. From what I saw yesterday, uh, sorry, over the weekend with uh, in the trial, he looked awesome. Yeah, I think you could, as a strategy, I think you could run Tago as your third, second row forward if you um, if you wanted to invest that cash elsewhere. Yeah, you could you could then keep Wade Graham on the bench there, Chips, just to just to back him up, just in case. Is Mbai is Moses Mbai available at second row? <laughs> Wade Graham is in my uh, starting back row at the moment, three fifty four k. But yeah, I, Targo will be in most people's starting seventeen. You'd think to start the year, whether they're in the starting side or not, you'd you'd, you'd think he'll be making their reserve list. And and I agree, looked pretty good. Yeah, I actually haven't. I haven't tried that yet. Putting Tago as my third second row, I might have a play with that later on. Yeah, it's it's hard because then you you're running a few cheapies at that other second row forward spot, and you're definitely down down on men in the forwards. But it just opens up. The big one for me is opening up the halves money. Like you're either going to spend big in the halves with Cleary and a mid ranger, or even Cleary and another gun, and but then you have to go really light somewhere else. So the ones I've played around with is say Targo in that third, second row forward spot, Cleary, a guy like uh, Keary or Burton or someone like that in that other halves. Uh, 
but you know it just then you just you feel like you're really running light elsewhere you and Aiken just to touch on him a bit second row I, I think you know if he's if he holds down a second row spot he's, he's a great option obviously with his flexibility uh, a few injuries in the Warriors side if he goes to that center spot he may still get a couple of tries, but obviously his base output's going to go right down as well. So, you know, at that price, he's kind of a 50-50 for me at the moment. He's, he was always one of the top base centre wings anyway, though. Like, he was always an option at centre wing, you know. When he was centre wing only, people yeah. kind of had him as a pod. I don't think it's a disaster if that happens. Probably the biggest worry there is kind of just you and himself. He doesn't look like the sharpest tool in the shed. Um, but his work rate is just incredible. Um, that back end to last year, he finished 128, 89, 74, 69, 44, and then an injury hit 12 in 13 minutes in the final round. Like those are elite, elite numbers. Um, I I can't see myself not starting with, with you and Aiken because, as I said, even if he did get shuffled to the centers, then it, like he's not the worst hold. You can kind of carry him through. Yeah, true. There is probably – I mean, you wouldn't think there's a chance he gets dropped completely, but if he was to get dropped to the bench or out of the side, then you know he's, he's a pretty easy sideways trade to someone. He's not going to leak cash at that price. Yeah, before he got in, he had a bad run of injuries. Uh, and in terms of the eye test when he was at the Dragons, I, I really rated him a big, strong ball-carrying center. So, you know, as he gets older, puts a bit more puts a bit more beef on if he and he's shown his work rate at second row forward. Uh, I you know, I, I like him as a player. I think there's just that that little bit of uh, doubt about where where he will play most most of his games. Played fourteen games uh, last year, it's not too bad. I don't think there's doubt. I think I think he'd be locked in to playing second row. I'd be surpri- I'd be surprised if he's not. They do have Eli Katoa. Obviously, come back. He didn't play much at all last year. Um, but they've yeah. I, I think that he showed enough that he'll get that starting spot. I actually think his attacking output is better at second row than at center. Um, he's obviously pretty renowned for hogging it at center, but he's he's also getting it in less dangerous positions, kind of chuck the ball at the back to him and let him run rather than hit, really hitting that line uh, yeah. back on the angle or, or running the outline. So yeah, I think, I think he's a, I think, I think he's probably one of the harder ones to poke, poke holes in. But like I said, I'll be starting with him in the, in the centers. What about talking about dragons? Uh, Jack DeBellin this year, tubes, any interest? JDB? <clears throat> Not for me. Won't be starting with him. Um, I, I probably can't really build much of a case for him um, other than see what his minutes look like. I'm, I don't have a, a strong enough grip over what that forward pack's going to look like at the Dragons. Obviously, um, you know, plenty of articles at the moment about how fit and strong everyone's looking, but I read one about Jack Bird over the weekend, um, full season under his belt last year. Uh, I think he's a, a natural lock. Um, what does that mean for DeBellin's De minutes? Um or, or obviously an edge back row. So I, d- I don't have my head around the Dragons pack and what it's going to look like to start the season. So I'll be steering clear, I think, to start off with. Yeah, I'd, I'd be – DeBellin's not really one that I've heard much chat about preseason. Uh, a couple of things for me, those, those locks under the new rules haven't been scoring fantastically well. And even in the little bit we saw at the back end of last year for DeBellin, we saw him doing a lot of ball playing – 
and I think that's a really major strength for him NRL-wise. But it's it's kind of – it's really hindered him. It'll, I think it could hinder him again and other guys like him who become that kind of link player. We know that that's happened to Gerbo. Uh, it happens to Victor Radley a little bit as well. Yeah. So I think I think DeBellin's a bit at risk at that. 481K, I think he's probably a touch of value. I think that he'll be a big minutes guy. Like I'd – Big full preseason under his belt. He's obviously a really, really good player. Um, say you know, say what you like about the the rest of it, but um, yeah, I think I think that it's an okay option, but just probably limited upside. Yeah, I think if you look at the prices and go, you and Aiken versus Jack DeBellin at the same price. Um, it's probably a, a probably a non contest. Uh, you'd be picking up picking up Aiken there. Uh, I thought you were going to go the other way. I was ready, <laughs> I was ready, I was ready to get stuck into you. Um, nah, I know. Yeah, I, mean, I think that's a 80-minute edge back row versus, you know, question mark minutes lock um, front row forward. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd be taking Aiken all day. Talking he, looked, about- he, looked a little bit, he looked a little bit smaller, didn't he? I'd be surprised if he goes back to the front row. Like I'd mm. say Jackie, Jackie Bird I wouldn't mind seeing on an edge. I don't know if they'll do that, but I think that's his position moving forward. I think it would be a mistake to put him to lock. Yeah, um, I, agree. I thought, and I thought he looked really good on the edge last year. I think DeBellin will be the lock, um, and I think he'll get pretty. I, I mean, well, I don't know what you guys reckon, but is there is there like suppose there's a chance he could even get eighty or close to it? Yeah, he could. He could. I mean, he could play that lock in that huge minute lock position. Uh, and say he plays in plays in lock. I don't I don't know what the rules are, but is lock considered front row forward, or do they will they bump up nah, locks? No, nah, that's sec- they'll nah, stay sec- in the second row. Second row. Yeah, yeah I mean if they includes, if they if they lock. put the eight on him or something like that, you know he'd be a, he'd be a good uh, good front row forward option. But uh, yeah, it's just not enough uh, not enough flair. I think he'll be a middleman for sure. It will be worth keeping an eye on those on that team list though, because that bench makeup could, um, you know, you could you could I think we could learn something there about those minutes until we sort of see it and actually in round one. Yeah, if yeah. I, had to I guess. mean, they've got they got George Burgess, Aaron Woods, Francis Molo. Um, that that's on their current um, predicted seventeen sitting there on the bench, and then obviously Jack Bird, Sims, Jaden Sewer, who they signed, Blake Laurie, DeBellin. I just think it, it's got to shake out what that what that front row and what what that forward pack rotation is going to be. If I had Another to guess, guy that- I'd I'd put I'd say Georgie Burgess minimal minutes particularly to start of the year maybe twenty twenty five and they'd play JDB a big minute sort of thing. I'd forgotten about Molo. That's a that's a ripping signing. Um, I know he's an ex hook man, so he uh, had quite a good year last year. Another guy in that four hundred and eighty sort of K range, probably similar to DeBellin, is uh, Tamalolo. So he's obviously coming off his his poorest year. He was he was down in all key stats last year. I spoke about him on the on the pod last week. Um, I think he's a good option to start. He's in my team at the moment. I like that he will be starting at prop. Um, little, little bit. He's 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 less exciting. I'm less excited about him now than I was last week. Um, but I do think the only way is up. Like I'd be surprised if he went as poorly as last year. Yeah. So moving on, we got uh, two other edge guys that interest me. Uh, possibly eighty minutes. Uh, got Liam Martin from the Panthers. 
at a decent price, 420k. Any interest there? Yeah, I mean, we spoke about him a lot last week. Uh, I am interested, but <laughs> I am interested, but I'm also cautious. Like, I think that he's actually a better attacking player than people give him credit for. He can sniff out a try if he gets 80. If he looks like he's going to get 80 on that edge, I think he's a definite option. And uh, the other guy who I'm I'm kind of keen on, I'd really like to see him go well this year, obviously being a Sharks fan. Um, Nikora on that edge spot showed enough last year that he's he's got the ability to get over the line. Uh, tackle breaks. And if Sharkies are on the up this year, uh, potentially uh, potentially could be undervalued. It's, uh, what is he, 480K, something like that? I feel like we're waiting every week for SJ to really spoon feed him the ball last year, but it kind of just it kind of just never came off for him. And it'll be it'll be interesting to see what kind of combination tubes he can strike up with uh, with Nico Hines or or Trindle, whoever they're gonna kind of play on the right there. I think he's a great player and runs a good line. Um, plenty of upside attacking stat wise. Um I'm pretty interested to see what the Sharks, I mean, from a fan perspective, to see what they're going to look like to, to start off the year um, and what structures Fitzgibbon's bringing into place and, you know, whether their defensive mindset or, or how it's going to look. But he's he is a definite option. I think, you know, uh, if Hines and him are on the same side, could be could be plenty of upside. I got him and Hines on the same side. I think. I think if you're going to play play Hines as a as a ball running half, you can't really have him and Wade Graham on the same same side. I, I think Wade's probably going to get that other other edge spot. So I got uh, Nikora outside Hines. Uh, I think that's that's good. He'll, Hines will attract a lot of defenders. Uh, so just those little pop balls to him running that good, good inside line will be uh, be a beauty. They went out the yeah. back a bit more to Will Kennedy, who so Sharks finally sort of had a, a you know decent sweeping ball playing fullback last year, and so I think they were hitting out the back a little bit more. Um, so yeah, I, I I think Nakora probably had a bit of a down year compared to to what he can do. So I'll be I'll keep a bit of an eye on him, but I'll be backing him Wade Graham to outscore him for the year. <laughs> no chance. <laughs> Good work. Well, I don't know. Like, I mean, Wade's obviously a, a really good player. Nicole, yeah, I'm. I'm. I feel like Nicole is just a guy that I'll just never start with. But I get that. I get. I get the appeal. But I just can't see how I'm going to squeeze him in my team from the get go. Righto. That that was some uh, some excellent chat on the uh, on the forward positions. Kind of a bit, bit of a uh, bit of a deeper look at the at the popular players and and who we who we might think we can take them on with. We'll come back with uh, next week with the backs um, and, a, and a look at those popular players as well. We're going to round out uh, the pod pod for tonight with uh, questions. So I'm going to flick it over to YouTube's questions from the audience. How uh, how's the reaction been? Yeah, uh, we 
We're looking at uh, setting up a, a bit of a question section, like probably a lot of podcasts. We'll, we'll put a bit of a, a spin on it. We're looking at bringing in a, a segment throughout the year called Tubes' Tirade, um, and, and it'll involve our questions and set throughout that we can get from the audience. So if you do have a question or you, you've got some feedback, follow us on our Twitter, uh, the, the Pod Pod, or, or Facebook. And or feel free to, to flick us an email at nrlpodpod at gmail.com, uh, recently set up last night. So it's fresh and ready to go. And the emails have already started coming in from I would I would say I would say, Tubes, I would say that if you are gonna send in some feedback rather than a question, just be prepared to feature in Tubes a tirade. <laughs> yeah. So so this week we've got one from uh, uh, Supercoach of the Big Dogs. Uh, and and his question is that he's interested to hear um, our thoughts on the speculation of the NR rules, NRL rules this year and how it could impact uh, Supercoach. So they, they obviously uh, went a little bit more lax on the defensive six agains towards the back end of last year uh, and points were down in actual NRL games towards the back end of last year and then sort of seen a bit of the same thing this weekend over the trials, so I'll 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 float, throw back to you two to to ask uh, Dan, what are your thoughts on? Is that going to impact the way that you might structure your team to start the year? It it I think it's already influencing me a little bit in that hooker position. I think there was a lot of junk points for hookers last year with a lot of six agains. Like you know, you you look at like a Reed Marnie, you know, back to back sets. Uh, he'd just pop one to, Jace, um, to Paulo, Junior Paulo, or he'd just run run one in himself. I think if they're not getting those back-to-back sets as regularly, the the hooker position maybe uh, not as many attacking stats, so you'd, you'd look for a solid base guy instead. Uh, I don't think it'll matter for Harry Grant. And then what flows off the back of that was a, a question that we had come in uh, uh, around, we'll probably talk a bit more about it next week, but your thoughts as Campbell Graham as a bit of a pod. Uh, he's he's obviously a, known as a decent, uh, decent base per minutes man uh, with a little bit of attacking upside. What are your, what do you have any thoughts on, on Campbell Graham? <laughs> Matt, I really, yeah, yep, I really like Campbell Graham. If he uh, gets that uh, left center position, um, obviously that's inside AJ. Uh, he's shown that he's got um, elite base for a center. His work rate is exceptional. Um, he looks good. I saw a picture of him with his shirt off the other day with Cookie. He looks strong. How um, big did he look? He was like so big, so big. He's got a big like, frame. He was big frame. He was so he was so skinny. He was so skinny when he came in as a sort of eighteen year old. But yeah, he's he's a good pot option. I, I mean, I won't. I, I would say just given the, his price and the other available sort of gun center wings, kind of you're looking at your Stags and Aitkins, and obviously I spoke a lot about the Hammer last week. Even Tyrell Sloan's coming into contention at center wing now. Um, for some reason, he's available there. Uh, so, look, I, I would say he's probably just one to keep an eye on. Um, if he looks like he's going to be really getting – you know, getting those attacking stats, then yeah, I, I think he's a great option. Just on the on the question prior, 
I've got some relatively strong thoughts on those, um, the way the games are going to uh, be officiated. My strong thoughts are that I don't think anyone has a clue. Um, <laughs> so I think I think the status quo is probably the expectation that you should be going in with. So even though finals finals are a different game, like they're, they're officiated differently, they're coached differently, and the players, there's too much on the line. So they're, they're played slightly differently. I think that we have to think that the attacking style is more than likely going to stay. Um, they've obviously brought in penalties um, in the in the in your own half, or in your own forty, or your own half. 40. So that's going to, yeah. So that's if anything, I think that that's probably a positive for attacking. Um, Instead of six ten. Well, yeah, I do concede though that teams aren't going to give away as many penalties or six against. To teams coming out of it, like against you know when they're trying to pin teams back, so maybe that slows it down a little bit. But yeah, like I think that you have to go in with the expectation that PVLs wants entertaining, high-scoring games. Um, points were up incredible amounts last year. Like uh, from a betting perspective, the general game was in for forty-six and a half points. Like that used to yeah, be a crazy, big, big, big Sunday afternoon total. And that was just your general run-of-the-mill Thursday night game. Yeah. So, so look, yes, there's a chance it'll come down, but I think that I think that to the big dog's question, I think that um, if you are um, if you are tossing with that, I think it's better to stick with the the expectation that the points will be high again, and I think you're going to need. Uh, volatility in your selection. So that's why I'm just not that keen on those locks because they just don't have that upside. And and we know that prop was a kind of an irrelevant position last year. If Haas or Pangai have big years, then maybe it won't be this year. But, yeah, that's that's kind of my, my take on, on the rules for, for now. Yeah, thanks, Matt. And um, I suppose the final part that I wanted to, to finish up on, we had a few questions around how COVID's going to – play in effect this year and um, I probably just wanted to mention that we obviously do a lot of research um, in Supercoach and and um, and I, I won't be – I think I'll be steering clear of of those players that are currently doing their research on the vaccination and, and COVID <laughs> protocols. Um, and so players like Lolo, Tarpany, I think we've mentioned, yeah. uh, and, and those – those those that can't uh, that may it's up in the air whether or not they'll be able to cross state borders and the way that that works. Um, so whilst they're doing their research, I'll be researching into some other players and, um, <laughs> and having them starting my super coach side for the it's year. A little bit There's of a few big, right there. Few big researchers. Few big researchers. Yeah, yeah. Tamil. So is the the I know because Corusau he's been doing research. Um, they can't go in a state, can they? Yeah, like no, there's, there's a question mark where they go to and from Queensland and the way that that's going to work. Yeah. I got it as a bit of an attitude problem as well as in like team player mentality, you know, do it for the boys. I don't, I don't think they're really thinking of the boys there. So, you know, does that cross over to their to their attitude on the field perhaps? We should probably try and round out preseason with a bit of a, a, a players who do their research list just to help the, <laughs> just to help help the, uh, the fans out at home. Yeah. Uh, so right, that'll that'll see us out for this week. Thanks for that, Tubes. That's a nice little nice little kickoff to questions with Tubes and Tubes of Tyrade for 2022. Next week, as I mentioned, we'll be back with a deep dive into halfback, five eight, centre wing, and fullback positions in terms of popular players. 
So, guys, enjoy the week, and we'll uh, we'll see you all back next week for the uh, for the final preseason episode before we start, you know, getting ready for Teamless Tuesday. Yeah, thanks, buddy. Cheers. New beauty.